Welcome to In the Deep. I'm your host, Catherine Ingram. The following is an interview with me on Nick Jean's show on Bay FM in Byron Bay, Australia, recorded in July 2017. It's called Understanding is the Way Forward. Your North Coast Positive with Nick Jeans here through to 11 o'clock on Bay FM 999. And I just reiterate, thanks for all of those who came to the Bay FM dance party on Saturday night, the 80s dance party. It was wild. Um, I was on the door at the beginning and that was great, welcoming hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people coming in. Then it was just too much for me. It was all a bit too crazy. Um, I needed a bit of sort of calmness and relaxation. So I decided to get Catherine Ingram in the studio to talk to me today. Um, Catherine Ingram is um, uh, and now a resident, as I just discovered, of of, uh, of this uh, fine area. And good morning to you, Catherine. How, Thank how are you? Thank you. Good nice, morning Nice to, you. to welcome you. And I, you know, I know you've been on BFM before with Parvita, who introduced us, but also Alan Clements, who I had on the show a few weeks ago when he was here. You're a good friend of his. You're American, but you're a Dharma Dialogue teacher since uh, 1992 or Two, something? Yes. <laughs> um, Dharma's a very hard word to describe, actually, isn't it? I know. To translate. Yes, I know. Just I, I'm, I'm ambivalent about even using it because it's, okay. it's sort of too religious for my taste. But, oh, okay. uh, but I have retranslated it in uh, my way because it's a word I've had a long, long relationship with. Mm. I used to study Buddhist meditation a long time ago, 17-year mm. period. <laughs> um, and the word for me has come to mean essentially finding an underlying harmony through any circumstance of life, whether okay. it's work, relationships, the crises we face, whatever it is, that there might, you might be able to tune into, at, at least in yourself, some way of perceiving, some way of mm. holding it, some way of understanding. Mm. Um, and that's, for me, the definition of Dharma as I, li- as I live it. It's amazing that the word actually has crossed a number of religions, hasn't it, in the East? It's sort of it's found in even Jainism through Buddhism and Hinduism right, and so very forth. very much uh, yeah. an Indian uh, root of yeah. the word, Sanskrit word. Yeah. yeah. I mean, a lot of people see it as, as the work of being, you know, the truth of oneself, yeah. one could say. Would yeah. that be a fair? That is a fair. Yeah. And also sometimes uh, equated with the Tao. You with know, the Tao. The, yeah. the okay. Of, I never even thought about that, of course, the way of things. Yeah. Now, you've, what interested me partly about, uh, or many things that you've done, because you, you know, you're a former journalist, you know, specialising in issues of conscious and activism. You've uh, authored two books of non fiction and one novel called A Crack in Everything, which most people will know comes, of course, from a Leonard Cohen song. We'll talk about Leonard Cohen in a little while because you were a friend of Leonard. Um, and uh, you have also published hundreds of articles on conscious and activism through the 80s and 90s and so forth. So you, you've been around the New Age world for a long time. <laughs> yeah. So I thought what, was, what would be interesting would be to get your insight because um, you're also the co- co- co-founder of the Insight Meditation Society in Massachusetts and, my goodness, you've got a big CV in this area. So you've been around a long time. What has changed in the new age, to put it under a big umbrella, which is a word, a phrase I don't particularly like anymore, new age, but nevertheless. And what what has not happened that you perhaps personally mm. thought would happen and change? Yeah, great question. Mm. Um, well, certainly what one thing that has changed is that it, that it has gone mainstream. Meditation has gone mainstream. Yep. Back when we were first starting out in 1974, mm-hmm. um, it was, you know, just the weirdest, only the weirdos. I know. And, and it was a very tiny group, as you probably know. Yeah. Um, but uh, over the years, of course, it's now, you know, it's, it's basically all over television. Mindfulness is everywhere now. It's corporate. Yeah, Yeah, it's corporate. Yeah, and... (laughs) 
Now, you just said the word corporate. One yeah. of the things that I think is unfortunate is that it's been co-opted mm. by corporations mm. uh, to some degree. And... Um, and in the service of productivity, because more mm. focused minds can get more done, and yeah. also it calms them down. Yeah, right. So you can make a case for that being a good thing, and that maybe okay, sometimes yeah. people might then start questioning what they're doing. Do you think that's happening? I don't know. <laughs> I don't hang out with that, those cra- that crowd so people, much. No? <laughs> <laughs> Not to make it, people. I mean, these are these are just people, of course. Yes. But if you take the collective of a corporation's mm. uh, ethos, if you take the the values of a corporation that's to make profit yeah. you know yeah. and whatever it takes to make profit is is fair game uh, so I would hope that there are situations where people begin to question those kinds of values mm. um, by being quiet and f- sort of feeling into themselves mm. and maybe the question arises what am I doing mm. <laughs> you know mm. um, in this job uh, but you know and then on the other side of that uh, I mean, I've known so many people who do work those kinds of jobs and who have families and have kids in school. And, you know, so it's it's not a simple answer in yeah. terms of how to hold this and how to understand it. No, absolutely. I mean, in, in terms of consciousness, and again, a very difficult word to define or to use and to know what we mean when we use it, in terms of consciousness, are we growing as a, as a species? Do you think there is, and I hesitate to use the word evolution even with this, but is there an evolution in consciousness that you've seen in this time, given all that? What I feel that? is it's a race almost, um, that there is, there is a lot of waking up mm. and there is a lot of uh, understanding of a world community, you know. Um, I was just listening to an interview yesterday with, um, I think, Robert Sapolsky or someone. Um, <clears throat> and and we were ta- they were talking about um, how if there were an asteroid about to hit Earth yeah. and we had enough time to, to try to consider what to do, the, commun- the world community would come together. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's the subject of many, to, many sort of Hollywood and large science fiction yes, sort of right, things. Yes. The great catastrophe, that's the Armageddon right, that's about to occur yeah, and we all come it, together. It com- becomes a unifying force. Yeah. But, you know, in effect, we do have something like that now happening. Well, we do have something like that happening, which is called, you know, climate chaos. Yes. And um, Well, Donald Trump, you, le- you, left, yeah. you left the U.S. the day that after uh, Trump was elected, is that right? right <laughs> you got out as soon as you I possibly could. the next day. Shows you have some, some wisdom, clearly. <laughs> I actually, I can't take full credit for my prescience. Uh, I, had, I already had the ticket, but right. anyway, but it was unfortunate timing. <laughs> but anyway... Um, <clears throat> yeah, we would we would all come together if we understood fully what we face. Um, what we do see is there is a lot of coming together. There is a kind of what Paul Hawking calls blessed unrest. Um, blessed unrest, yeah. yes. And that uh, there is a lot of, you know, a lot of smart minds and hearts mm. working on this. At the same time, the forces of destruction mm. have never been more powerful because mm. now they have the mm. money, the tools, the 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 governments and so it's really we're in a race probably for our survival yeah it's interesting you, you reminds me a little bit to talking about the the two sides the dark and the light the, the paradox of that um the pendulum swing from one to the other one you could say too in a, in a day in our, in our hearts and our minds and our spirit and our soul uh, reminds me a bit of ken wilbur and his work with spiral dynamics yeah. you're probably familiar with i'm sure which is not his work right. but this yeah. notion that he's another old friend of mine right no doubt <laughs> yes and, and that, that you have to really incorporate all 
fall into the growth, into the new. Like you yeah. can't just deny that's evil, that's bad, that's wrong, no matter how horrific it is. Sure. Uh, it's better we, to see ignorance yes. than evil. You know, yes, better to see ignorance I- than evil. Ignorance can be that's transformed. Yeah. Mm, yeah, that's good. So I, I, I wonder whether that's, you know, where we're at now is this the possibility where that we actually have to incorporate everything, including the Donald Trumps of the world, Absolutely, into yes. some sort of global solution that can move forward from this point. Yeah, I mean, because I studied nonviolent strategies, my first yes. book was called In the Footsteps of Gandhi. Um, yes. I, un- I came to f- discover through talking with many, many people who were effective in movements that the only way forward is through conversation and understanding, Mm. you know, the only real way forward. Sometimes one has to do what you can to stop a certain circumstance. Sometimes you've got to lie down in front of a bulldozer. That's right, Mm. yeah. Um, And probably, I mean, I'm hesitant to say this, but sometimes you may have to pick up a sword. Yeah, sometimes Um, you may have to pick up a sword. Right. Mm. That's a strong thing for a Dharma teacher to say. (laughs) Right. I like it. And someone who's written a book on nonviolent strategies. (laughs) (laughs) But I I have come to see it over the many years since I've been considering these things. You know, and let's say those cases are rare. Yeah. But they sometimes are. are, But mostly you you go forward through understanding and com- and communication mm. and and it takes a lot sometimes to really hear someone whose views you find kind of abhorrent you yeah know? absolutely and you talk uh, you call this actually we segue into into dharma resilience yeah uh, this notion of uh, of finding ways to reflect and calm oneself in the face of these desperate crises and global threats and destruction intensifying by the day so what does that mean? What does Dharma resilience look like right. when someone comes to you to a class of yours? What happens there? Well, you know, I just said on Sunday, and it's a phrase that keeps coming for me: uh, uh, courage, n- mm-hmm. courage, not hope. Mm. I don't like the word hope personally. No, no. and and <laughs> you know, and I know people say, "Oh, one has to have hope," and all of those mm. things, but really, courage. St- stick with okay. courage. Let yourself, you know, sort of induce a feeling of okay. of lion heartedness. Oh, okay, wonderful. And of letting go, you know, as needed. I mean, mm. we're all going to face the big let go, right? So the big might, let go. Yeah. You mean death? <laughs> yes, yeah. that. Oh, that. that that's, <laughs> you know, um, that's kind of the least of our worries right now. I think for most of us. I mean, in, in some way. I mean, I shouldn't say no, that. I really. understand what you mean. <laughs> um, but it's all the, you know, all the other kinds of letting go that that one. Obviously, if it if letting go is on the table, in other words, there's nothing more to be done but let go, mm. then it's good to have that muscle quite well exercised. Mm. Yeah, good point. Silence mm. um, is obviously a key element yeah. of Dharma dialogues. Yes. Um, what is in the silence that we, we are so missing, most of us in this world? Yeah. Um, it has to do with how we use our attention. So mm. let's assume that we can tune into a certain quiet frequency in our own being, almost like a witnessing presence. All of these words are going to be slightly inaccurate because mm. it's really, it's silent. <laughs> you know, it's, right. it's, um, There's nothing going on. Yeah, right. But it's sort nothing. of just being in a simple way mm. and letting uh, information kind of flow through you, whether it's sights, sounds, thoughts, whatever it happens to be, let it. You're kind of like this empty space that it, through which it flows, um, and it will do its own work. I always say silence will do all the work for you. Just a kind of quietness of the heart doesn't mean that you don't speak or that you don't think or that sometimes you don't shout or laugh or cry. All of that can be happening 
But there can be a kind of deeper resonance happening with just simply being that's mm. letting things, like I say, move through. Is that a visceral thing? Is it a physical thing? I mean, there's a, again, there's a bit of a paradox there. But in a way, and a good friend of mine now talks about being at home in your body. Yes. Uh, and that, that, you know, we, we, well, we talk about that a lot of somatics. I had someone with uh, beer dance before and five rhythms and these sort of any form of dance or movement or music itself, yeah. all these elements. But in a, in a way, being home in the body because is, again, another paradox yeah. to me because often we think in spiritual work that it's about getting out somehow, about yeah. leaving behind, about moving to a higher level, all this kind of idea. Uh, no, no, <laughs> no. I, I, I'm not interested in transcendence, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not no. interested in transcendence. Oh, that's refreshing. Good. <laughs> Are you sure you belong in Byron Bay? <laughs> no, kidding. Go on. No, I think you're absolutely right. I think it is a visceral experience, mm. actually. Um, I, I think that uh, it's my experience and what I recommend is really living in your senses. You know, here okay. you are, yes. alive, alive in your senses. This Feel, is it. Yes. You know, this, is the, this is where you are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so, yeah. I couldn't. I couldn't emphasize that more. In fact, I always talk to my groups about being an awake animal. Like, really Ooh. understand that okay. you're an animal, yeah. and you know, taste and feel and oh, see. Liking you, it. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, folks, you, you you're listening to this. You may be very interested in uh, in uh, Catherine Ingram's uh, Dharma Dialogues, which I should mention as we speak right now. The, the next one is tomorrow night, tomorrow. July thirteenth at uh, Temple Byron here in Byron Bay, and then you've got two dates in August, the third and the tenth, and two in September, the seventh and the fourteenth, and you've also got a retreat coming up in Lennox Head. Um, How does that work? A day retreat from in July and September? Is that like July 23rd, yeah. Okay, it's, July 23rd. Um, it's a day mm. of, it's basically silence, but there are two sessions with me of Dharma Dialogues, but otherwise we're sort of silently together sitting, walking, eating. The rest of the day is quiet. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's a little mini retreat, a little dip into uh, calm. <laughs> Fantastic. We'll give the, give the uh, well, you can basically go to uh, Catherine Ingram. Dot com that Ingram Catherine with a C C A T H E R I N E I N G R A M dot com Catherine Ingram and you get the details of all those. Um, let's in the little time we've got left. Um, you were a friend of Leonard Cohen's yes. and uh, your one novel is called A Crack in Everything, which yeah. no doubt has got something to do with Leonard. Yeah, <coughs> he Tell said it. there's a, there's a crack, a crack there's in a, everything. That's where the light gets in. Beautiful. Yeah. Mm. yeah, we were friends. We had considered him one of my best friends for 25 years. Wow. Mm. really close friends and I realized in his passing that he was also a mentor you know when he was alive I, I just thought of him as my friend but mm. um, but now that I now that I feel into what it is having him not here anymore um, I really see what a mentor what a mm. what an inspiration he was for me I mean his music in a sense was a Dharma dialogue Absolutely, wasn't yeah. it and, and, yeah. and he was a Buddhist for many years himself yeah, yeah. although I wouldn't categorize wouldn't ca him quite though. like that yeah, yeah. I, I almost when yeah. I said that I thought well, he's yeah. not that's actually not quite accurate yeah, I get that he, he, he was very interested in lots of different traditions what don't we know about Leonard that the audience that you could tell that an audience out there might be interesting because <laughs> Well, a lot of people don't realize how much fun he was. 
I mean, people, well, sometimes people will say, oh, his music was so depressing or so gloomy. Yeah. Like, uh, oh. You're going to slip my wrist if I listen to another Leonard Kahn song. Oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> that that is so super. It's unbelievable that people actually think that. But anyway, I know, that's no, my he opinion. Was so and yours. fun. He always had a twinkle in his eye, even when he was in extreme pain at the end. Yeah. I mean, he always had yes. a little mirthful. He was always joking. And another thing about him was, you know, if, if you went out to lunch with him, let's say, by the end of the meal, the waiter or the waitress, even though they had no idea who he was, because to many people he was just this old man, yeah. you know, yeah. they would be in love with him because he would have said so many kind of clever little sweet quips to them in a kind of meeting of the heart mm. and and an understanding that they were serving him. So he, there was mm. incredible gratitude. He was such a... Mm. He was always so grateful and so generous as a human being. Yes. He was really a first-class creature, I mean, yeah, honestly. Yeah. Just... I saw his concert in Brisbane here a few years ago, yeah. I think maybe the last time he was here. Yeah. Uh, and exactly what you're saying, he was an exquisite, humble man He's on true. stage and uh, with that cheekiness, you know, That's and that right. edge exactly. somewhere and That's right. just yeah. beautifully expressing himself as, as a being and comfortable in his own skin. Absolutely. Uh, and so honest, another mm. thing that I take from him mm. in terms of art is is his bravery in being just really authentic like when he when he said it in one of his songs in my secret life he said uh, I smile when I'm angry I cheat and I lie I do what I have to do to get by you know just the, the, that kind of that kind of you know total brutal honesty you know yeah. Um, so there were so many things uh, about him that were... One time I was over at his house. I used to go over there for Friday night Shabbat's dinner. Mm -hmm. And uh, one time I went, it, my brother had just died, and I was just shattered. And, um, and Leonard, while he wasn't, he was never, you know, kind of a sentimental type, but he knew the state that I was in. And all through the evening, he kept putting little presents next to me, like <coughs> small things, but beautiful things, mm. you know, like a Japanese uh, picture frame, which I've actually put my brother's picture in it's sitting mm. on my dresser. Um, or, you know, just beautiful little incense holders and this and that, I can't even remember. But through the night, next to my plate would suddenly appear some pretty little present, mm. you know, just... Uh, yeah. Hundreds of memories like that. Just, yeah, beautiful. Yeah. You've uh, just wanted to touch finally on uh, your work uh, with the Global Animal Foundation, which you're on the board of currently. Yes, correct. Uh, you've become a bit of an animal rights activist. Uh, how, how does how's that come about? Are you a vegan then? <laughs> Whoops. Sorry, I put you on the spot. Can we ask another question? Oh, terribly sorry. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah, I should have done my research um. properly. You you like a bit of bacon, do you? Good on you. Put a crispy bacon in the mornings. No, and I'm oh, sorry. No. Not quite that, but um, um, but anyway. Um, yes, I am on uh, the board of Global Animal, it's called. It's, yep. it's mainly a... Um, it's an... Um, kind of communication and information uh, based yep. thing you can look it up and what we do is first of all we like to get out the an animal rights issues we like to cover them yeah. so, sort of journalistically based okay but then occasionally because there's a lot of people going to the site if there's an issue on the earth that is desperate we're able to quickly raise money. For instance, um, with Sh Fukushima. Okay. You know, all those people left their homes, but a lot, they couldn't get back to them in many cases, and their animals, their, okay. their pets oh, were trapped. Wow. 
Um, so we quickly raised in a couple of days, and our the people who work for Global Animal are very, very uh, dedicated. They found people who were allowed to go in, and we quickly raised like $30,000 to just pay people to go in, like workers to go and in get the and, animals and get, out. get the pets. Wow. And different things like that, mm. you know, just uh, um, various actions that can happen quickly because mm. we have a really direct line to mm. um, our our community. Yeah, oh, fantastic. We'll have to leave it there, Catherine. Thank you so much. Catherine Ingram, Dharma uh, Dialogues teacher and um, here in Australia, now living in Australia, living in Lennox Head and uh, doing these Dharma Dialogue uh, events, one tomorrow night at Temple Bar on July 13th from 7.30 and uh, two in August and two in September. You can go to her website for all those and also the Dharma Dialogues and Day Retreat in Lennox from in July and September. Catherine Ingram Com. Great pleasure to have you with us this morning. I no doubt we'll get you back and talk about some more specific things at other times. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Nick. Thanks for being here. Thank you. This has been In the Deep. You can find the entire list of In the Deep podcasts at katherineingram.com, where you can also book a private session by phone or Skype and see my schedule of upcoming events, such as our spectacular retreat in Italy next October of 2018. If you're a regular listener, please consider making either a one-time or a recurring tax-deductible donation in any amount that is comfortable for you. Till next time. <laughs>